0: Welcome back to Inspired Babes the Let's Chat podcast, and today is episode forty-four, and I have my beautiful friend Liz on today, and I want to tell you a little bit about Liz, um, you know, before I kind of share what we go over today, and you know, Liz has begun her residency for her master's of science degree in clinical mental health counseling. She's also an academic writer and creates interactive textbooks for undergraduate students in technology communications. She's also a Reiki art master and is finishing up a certification in Heart Math Institute Meditations and Foundations in Ritual Healing. And she's taking it, the course with Dr. Daniel Four. She's divorced, a mother of three. And she's also presented twice at the Utah Conference of Undergraduate Research for her research in feminist theology studies and civic literacy. Um, You know, we have the most incredible conversation today. We have similar stories, and it's, it's so fascinating when you can be in conversation with people and get in their world, and the next thing you know... I mean, you're connecting, you're driving, and you're realizing, oh my gosh, like I'm not alone in this. There's so many people out there that have gone through the same thing, but have also have really stepped into their power and have really awakened within, and they're committed to making a difference. And you know, it's interesting because you know, sometimes trauma forces us to wake up. And Liz shares this. You know, in in this episode today, And sometimes not. Sometimes people just wake up. But for her and I, you know, we had something pretty um traumatic an experience that happened that really shook us up and woke us up. and and, you know, for me, it's like I'm committed to making a difference. I'm committed to having, you know, amazing guests on to share their stories to make a difference for all of you and for myself. and you know, I want to do the same thing, right? I mean, this is powerful. We all have a voice and I want you to know that if you get something, a pull towards something, um, an intuitive knowing within, or, you know, that's, that's telling you, Oh my gosh, you've got to do it. I want you to do it because I don't want you to hold back because, you know, one day you're going to look back and be like, Oh, I wish I would have started. Although everything is perfect timing. Everything is, you know, setting you up for something more. Right. And you have to honor that. I mean, you choose to just honor that. Um, you know, every time I'm in a situation or I've gone through something, I never regret things. I never wish things didn't happen. Although I'm like, Ooh, that would have been nice if I didn't make that decision or if I didn't take over that business, you know, years ago, uh, and almost have gone, I almost went bankrupt and I wonder what my life could have been like, but I never look back and think, I wish it didn't happen to me, right? Because everything's a beautiful experience and an opportunity to grow and learn. And, you know, we we talk about recognizing the awakened divine within. And, you know, there's a lot of people that keep their intuitive aspects contained based off of certain things that have happened in their past or the way, you know, they were raised or from something somebody told told you as you were growing up. I mean, there's a variety of things that could have happened for you to keep that contained. Um and you know, we really talk about that. We talk about, you know, people keeping things in a box or, you know, they're programming from society. And, you know, it's just a great conversation. We talk about so many incredible things. And so, you know, when you guys find, you know, listen to this and find it valuable, I want you to share this in your, your Instagram and your Facebook stories. And I would love feedback message me on Instagram or Facebook and I want to hear how you liked it. Um, and also if you would go over to Apple Podcasts and give me a written review and five star rating, that would be incredible. And also my books are coming, are shipping to me this week. So I have a chapter, I'm a co-author in a book and I get to share my story and um, there's a ton of people that have pre-ordered their books. If you haven't pre-ordered it yet, you can, you can just go to my link tree and order it there and it is just L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash M-I-K-A-J-B-R-U-I-N and you can go on and order it there. So you guys, without further ado, here we go. I wanted to share a little health tip before we get started. So as you guys know, I am huge into essential oils. I've been using them for over 10 years. I also go around and educate families and friends on how to use the essential oils. And I create money doing it, right? So a lot of people ask, Michael, what kit do I start with? I'm so overwhelmed. There's so many essential oils. What do I do, right? So the kit that I recommend is the Healthy Starter Kit. The reason why I recommend that is because it comes with 10 of the most popular essential oils and a diffuser and they're five milliliter bottles. So it gives you a little taste of all the essential oils. Now the essential oils it comes with are lavender, lemon, peppermint, tea tree, oregano, frankincense, deep blue, breathe, on guard and digest Zen, and again a diffuser. Now just know when you do purchase this, I will guide you along the way and give you the resources that you need. Uh, So you know exactly what to do and how to use these and what oils for what. Now, if you want something to detox your body, to help with skin issues, to help with any head tension, um, to help with your um, meditation and focusing, um, to give you a little pick-me-up, anything for respiratory, for your immune system, for any upset tummies. Now, I know Thanksgiving's all around the corner. Same with cold and flu season, right? So for me, I want something to build my immune system up on top of uh, you know digest zen that was the last oil I named that helps break down all the food that you've been eating so you don't feel like you're bloated and going to throw up during Thanksgiving time right so and then the next thing too like is diffusing right diffusing is key so you could diffuse many of these to help with sleeping immune system respiratory meditation again I'm relisting the same things but it's an amazing kit if you guys have questions please let me know now you're going to just go to this link A L I N K T R dot E E dash M I K A J B R U I N. In there, you're going to click Healthy Starter Kit with Diffuser. Now, again, if you didn't get that link, you can rewind this or just go to the description of the podcast and you can click on the Healthy Starter Kit in there. It'll be there. So I'm so excited. We, you guys, I have Liz here, obviously. And she is a Reiki and a mindfulness coach, and she's getting her master's degree in mental health. And you've got quite the background, mm-hmm. quite the story. And I feel like we've been sitting just having a conversation before this for probably like a few hours, right? We've just been in the yeah, flow. I think so. yeah, it's been beautiful. I feel like I've been learning so much from you, and I'm in awe. Oh yeah, thank you. yes. and. You know it's so cool because as we've been in this conversation we have very similar stories we do and we've known each other for a few years yeah yeah been out of contact for yeah for a few yeah yeah and then cindy said you know inter- like reintroduced us yeah. and i'm really excited for you to be here
1: thanks yeah I'm glad to be here yeah it's good i know it's a good place to be
0: it is a good place to be and it's so cool because I feel like with our similar stories right um that's when both of our awakening happened
1: yeah at those times in our lives at yeah. those times in mm-hmm. our lives
0: and that's when things just took off for both yeah. of us yeah
1: absolutely and it's
0: super powerful yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah. i
1: i mean i don't ever expect to be i mean at a place where i feel like i've arrived yeah. i feel like the the awakening is it's it's, mo- it's continually moving like Mm -hmm. with me as I move forward right
0: absolutely oh I agree with you it's I don't ever think I'm the same way I don't ever think there's ever a stopping point it's like I want to keep expanding I want to keep growing I want to keep learning and growing because there's so much to learn here in this world and also within right because there's so much that we each have to offer And to make a difference in the world yeah but it's really getting in touch with that
1: yeah absolutely
0: you know
1: and and i think we call it awakening because we understand the difference between how we feel now Mm -hmm. and how we were then and it's not a place it's not a place from from where we sit where we should ever cast judgment because it's it's everyone is evolving at their own pace Mm -hmm. right and and that in where they've come from in their life Mm -hmm. path and not only in this incarnation but their ancestry mm-hmm. drops them into a place where everybody mm-hmm. who's awakening yeah recognizes that there was a point in time in which they were not so awake yeah and so to give ourselves compassion and to be compassionate with ourselves as we continue to grow into that space mm-hmm. and give those who are are on the way or not yet there or will be soon, um, that I think that's the best place to be with that.
0: Oh, I agree with you on that for sure. And I think too, like with, and I had shared with you a little bit about, about my intention behind my podcast is I really want to alter people's thinking and being, because maybe there's something we're gonna say today, right? That's really going to shift someone's thinking and they're like, oh my gosh, a light bulb just went off. Yeah. It wasn't there before, right? And by us showing up and doing this is making a difference, and I'm very clear on that, right? And that is powerful, and it's like you know, with everyone that listens, I want to encourage them that they all have the power to do that too, right? Right. To be that, to show up as that,
1: absolutely. You know, and
0: it's so fucking powerful, and and even I remember you telling me I'm here to, what'd you say, fuck (laughs) shit up, fuck shit up, (laughs) yes, yeah, I'm not
1: fucking around, like. You yep. know, and I don't, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. No. And I think that like, you know, you, you, you can't, the longer you stay closed up mm-hmm. um, to your purpose and to your path, the more it starts to just cause a lot of dissonance within mm-hmm. you and it, it makes yep. you miserable. Yep. So to step into that mm-hmm. is, is like it's messing up uh The trajectory that you thought you were on—it's messing up. It could potentially mess up relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, with people that you love. It could potentially um, alter alter things in your own trajectory or Mm -hmm. in your own thinking that you never thought was going to come about because of it. But that's all okay, Mm -hmm. and you're not, you know, we, as far as we know hundred percent we have one life yeah you know we have one incarnation we are here to mutate to evolve you know Mm -hmm. our ancestors did it you know and we're here to step into that and to own that and not Mm -hmm. to um be small or play small Mm
0: -hmm. yeah absolutely you know it was really interesting because before you had gotten here today i was meditating And I, me and you meditated just barely before this as well, but, and I got prompted to share this because I think that, so, you know, growing up, I knew I had an intuitive gift, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember I would have, you know, if, if you want to call it guardian angels, spirit guides, whatever it may be, right? Right. Whatever people want to call it, but I would have them come and, and just give me inspiration or guidance or do this or do that. And I remember telling my mom um, you know, mom, I'm hearing voices. So when back in the day, if a child tells a parent that they're thinking the child's going crazy, right? Right? So I remember in that moment, that's when therapy started, started going to therapy. I started getting medicated at a very young age. And so, and I don't blame my mom, right? Because she didn't know any better. Right. So therefore my intuitive gifts are suppressed Yeah. all the way until I'm about 18 years old in that moment, I'm like, I don't want to be on medication anymore. I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I was in different classes, you know, because I think in my mind, I thought something was wrong with me Mm -hmm. because again, when you tell somebody that, you know what I mean? And you're going to therapy and all this stuff. Right. right? And so, so back to when I was 18, I, I just was like, I'm done. I'm done taking medication. Right. And then I marry a man that, um, anytime I would have inspiration or or something come over me or i I was questioning things about our marriage or about whatever it may have been i i remember him saying no that's not right like there's no way that a spirit would tell you or god would tell you that or whoever would no and just or you're hormonal right and so in my mind i thought well here's that same story running i'm crazy something's wrong with me Right. right right married for nine years things, shit shit hits the fan. Right. And then there's this awakening. I'm like, oh my God, all my, all the things that were coming to me are are true. All of it has come. It's laid out in front of me. I was right. Yeah. Can you imagine going from six years old to fucking 20? Okay, just kidding. I'm 30, so I got divorced at 32 years old? That's a fucking long time. Uh, Yeah. So it's like, it's like there's this, Oh my gosh, I'm enlightened. Yeah. There's something that is like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm not holding back anymore. I'm not sitting back because I'm meant to do incredible things in this world. And being in that space is really powerful. So I wanted to share that. I don't know why. I think it's just, I felt inspired because maybe there's somebody here that could get something from that. Yeah. Because again, we lose ourselves. We lose you know, that got us within or who we are and that intuitive aspect because of things that could have happened. Um, and the stories we told ourselves. And so it's just unraveling that and identifying that. And that was super powerful for me. Yeah. So,
1: well, thank you for sharing that because I will, if I can speak to that, you know, and you speak to something that is that is something that is prevalent in, you know, in the society in which we live. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a perfect way to keep things contained. It's a perfect way to keep order. It's a perfect way to keep people in the status quo and keep them towing the line is to, um, you know, and, and there are real reasons for medication. There are real legitimate reasons that a child might need medication. Right. and. Your mother did, you know that, you spoke to that,
0: your mother did
1: whatever she could yeah. to, um, with the knowledge that she had, mm-hmm. right? And so the awakening is, is us recognizing that mm-hmm. we don't need to fit into the box. We don't need to fit into the program because mm-hmm. actually we don't. Yeah. And the more that society, um, tries to fit into these boxes, um, and you can see it, it's playing out in real time. Mm -hmm. Um, um, the more people are getting sick and, and sometimes that, that is the catalyst to an awakening, sometimes trauma, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes trauma is the only way for people to wake up. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. that's not always the case. You know, if, if, if we allowed our children who were more gifted, Mm -hmm. um, to be as big as they came here to be from an early age, they wouldn't have to have a violent awakening where they go through a betrayal trauma and uh, religious trauma, um, in order to kind of come to that space. right? Right. Um, and hopefully we can do better. Yeah. Hopefully we can recognize those gifts and because we're not, we are not scared to live in our truth. Mm -hmm. We don't require other people to stay small Mm -hmm. for us. And that includes our children.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's powerful in itself, being able to really see people for who they are and hold them to their highest self. It's like, I see, I see so much. I can just see right through people. And I'm like, oh my God, you're like fucking glowing. You have so much to offer. And sometimes they don't see it and that's okay. Right. But that's where I speak to that. Right. In them. Right. And then that could trigger something. Sometimes
1: it's hard to be receptive to that too. It is. And I can, I can um, sympathize with you in that aspect Mm -hmm. where, you know, not everybody's receptive mm-hmm. to being told how amazing they are or being yeah. being told how worthy that they are or yeah. being told that they have, you know, gifts that they just need to tap into that, 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 that is out there that is waiting for them to just kind of open up, to awaken, to enlighten mm-hmm. themselves you know, to it's, it's, it's out there
0: Yeah, already. Oh, it is. Yep. Absolutely. And it's beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. Stepping into that. And I remember people would say things to me all the time and I'm like, you guys are crazy. I'm not doing a podcast. I'm not doing the, this or that, like, there's no way, you know, so right. I, I can relate to that because yeah. I was there. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and you know, I want to, touch on to we were talking about a little bit about jake Woodard Wood woodward, say, woodward. woodward?
1: Woodard it might be Woodard Woodard but... it might be Woodard i know
0: it's okay well jacob
1: Woodard. woodward i, thought yeah.
0: it was... I know it's, it's fine well look him up you guys on instagram <laughs> and social media and follow him he talks a lot about masculine and feminine energy and i i think it would be really valuable to, to talk a little bit about that
1: okay yeah,
0: yeah. and okay yeah because i mean i've been dabbling a little bit in in it and for a few months now Okay. I feel like more than a few months. And I've, I'm not fully, like, there's so much to learn, mm-hmm. right? And I know you have a lot of knowledge around that. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let me speak to that. So, um, first of all, I will, if I can, um, before we go into that, as a Reiki master, yes. um, it's, it's a, an, a mode of training that allows you to feel like energy vibration frequency. And the more you do it and the more you tap into other people's frequency, the more adept you can get at sensing where someone is coming from, from a really deep intuitive place. Mm -hmm. That is, um, I don't, you know, some people claim to be clairvoyant. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I can't see chakra. I can't see, I can't see aura. Mm -hmm. I can feel it. Yeah. Um, and that includes all different kinds of vibration, um, that includes earth vibration. That includes, um, just where we're at and, and it's in the earth, you know, where I'm sitting, where if I walk into a room, I can sense the feng shui, it's called feng shui. It's a, or feng shui. Um, it's, it's a way to sense the energetic balance of a room, the dwelling or whatever. Um, I can sense energy when I'm go- driving from one part of the state of Utah to another. Yeah. I can feel where there's dense energy. I can feel where there's um, something that needs to be healed. So I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Um, and so I was not always awakened to this mm-hmm. sense. Um, at all i mean it is something that i've grown into and i've really really developed and it's um you know there was an i had intuition too but i wouldn't say i was i would say i was more spiritual Mm. that i had a deep intuitive knowing of god like Mm. source whatever you want to call it but um the connection from my heart to like um, higher beings yeah. source, I would call, I would call it, um, God too. I have, I'm not uncomfortable. It's not uncomfortable for me to, to call it. I, I would say like mother, father, God, I think that I, that really speaks to me, Yeah. but from a really young age, mm-hmm. I felt that connection. Um, and you know, just like every normal teenager, you know, I, I didn't really like the the religion necessarily. That I was, you know, I I didn't dislike it. I liked some aspects of Mormonism, which is, you know, the religious tradition I came from, Mm -hmm. Um, and how we you and I initially met. Mm -hmm. But um, and I do think there is some use some usefulness inside most religious religious traditions there's there's a spiritual training there is a spiritual discipline there that i think that 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 is important that we can lose sadly as as a result of leaving religion but it doesn't necessarily need to be that Mm -hmm. um so speaking to like the masculine and feminine energy and like Mm -hmm. um going into that i would say i understood um masculine and feminine in a very um black and white very dogmatic way mm. you know from the mormon perspective the soul of a woman who has uh it was sex gendered as a female born into that body that is who you're you are before this life and the pre-existence that is who you are here now any deviation from that is sinful um and then into the eternities you know Mm -hmm. like that's all negative if you believe otherwise you know Mm -hmm. you need to that's and then masculine as well you know you are a masculine soul you came to earth you embodied a masculine gendered sexed body and that's how you'll continue into the eternities Mm -hmm. um but I understand the principles of the of the masculine and the feminine to be more fluid mm. so the majority of people that live on this planet are heterosexual they're cisgendered that means they believe that they're in the body that they were born into mm. but the masculine and feminine energies and the masculine and feminine principles are quite nuanced and they're not as rigid as, especially in the way that I grew up thinking about what masculine and feminine is and was. Ooh.
0: So what did you think it was like?
1: Just, you know, th- that Micah, you know, in the pre-existence was a female and that you came here and you're embodied in, in a female form and then you'll continue to be a female forever. And, and that's all there is. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, okay. I see mother father, God as an, as a, as, a, like one kind of frequency that embodies both masculine and feminine energies perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and in an har- in a harmonic state. Yeah. So when I say I feel frequency, it is masculine and feminine in its principle and in its form and it and it vibrates at that frequency of just pure light and love. Mm-hmm. Unconditionally there's no, you know, and and there are people, I believe, that embody, you know, physical bodies that aren't necessarily, their souls aren't necessarily the specific gender that they were born into. I Mm -hmm. believe that, you know, in a lot of spiritual and religious traditions um, prior to Christianity and and Judaism and, and, and Islam. um believe that like Zoroastrianism, which is one of the oldest religions that we have believed that there were people who had two souls you know that they were a masculine and feminine person inside of one body they they believed that there were um masculine bodies that had female souls in them they believed that there were female bodies that had masculine souls in them Mm um and there was no judgment they didn't see and and They even had what we call Bodhisattvas, Mm -hmm. which are like the kind of medium class of gods or goddesses that kind of like hold up the framework of the earth that are gender fluid. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, the, the balance of the masculine and feminine energy collectively is a super important part of achieving harmony on a global scale. I do believe that. Yeah. I believe that the harmony needs to be within ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, as if you only believe that a female is passive, a female who feels female on the inside, right? Not just that her physical body is is female, but that on the inside, she feels feminine not only does she present feminine, but she feels feminine. So when you have this very strict idea of what femininity or the feminine principle is, and it's very rigid, you're going to miss a lot of nuance. It's the same with males. Like you, if you only think that the best man is hyper-masculine, he's the only, you know, kind of person that can show up for you as this embodied female, you might miss some nuance. You might miss who you are in your core. Um, And you might repel, you know, I tend to think that if you don't have that balance, you might not attract into your life someone who is, is is balanced, if that makes sense. I believe that. Mm-hmm. So the idea is on the one side, you have the masculine principle that could be seen as being disciplined. You know, you have form, you have um, philosophies that are masculine, you have um, very logical ways of thinking and being and presenting in the world. And there are plenty of, you know, straight, cisgendered females that feel more comfortable being that way. Mm. Likewise, there are more males that are more maybe creative, more flowing, less disciplined. They, you know, they might be more um, prone to like, Just going with the flow, mm-hmm. you know, just or mm-hmm. just or being a little bit more submissive or passive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, for myself, um, I certainly when I can when I don't repress or or shame either principle, mm-hmm. that's when I find that I can kind of grow into my best self and my best person. So mm-hmm. if you know, having gone through what I've been through, like in my marriage, I experienced, um, you know, betrayal, trauma, Mm -hmm. um, and it was so shocking to my system. It was so rejecting. I felt so, you know, it it brings you to the lowest of lows where here I was feeling like I was, you know, this person that embodied religious femininity, like this pious woman who, you know, was the wife of the bishop and served a mission and, and did all of those things. Like it was such a rejection to me of Mm. who I felt I needed to show up as and who I, who I was. But I also didn't awaken to a lot of other parts of me because at the same time, there was quite a lot of like inner femininity that I actually repressed. Part of that being like sexual energy, part of that being mm. creative energy, part of that being like just really in my body and being sensual, and I and I think really? that's interesting. What Jake Woodward talks about a little bit is um, we can get out of that spot if we reject what it is and what it means to embody the feminine principle
0: mm. without meaning to, yeah, but
1: not really understanding what it really, really is, right. Wow,
0: that is fascinating. Oh my gosh, and that's cool though. Like seeing how you know you are stepping into this—you know, return missionary and and the temple and husbands in the bishopric—and you're embodying this. So you thought, right? You're doing all these feminine things, and da, da da, and then you get out of that, and it's like, oh, wasn't really fully
1: awakened yeah. to the to the full development of yeah. what that energy really yeah. really is.
0: Yes, thank you. Yes. And that's beautiful, like being aware of that now, mm-hmm. you know. Because I think sometimes we just go along, like you did, and I did, and you just do it and until one day it's like, oh, a light bulb goes off,
1: right? You know. I think, um, and I think there is a, like you were, and like you were speaking about before, where there was a part of what was happening in your when you were growing up. Mm -hmm. that things necessarily needed to be repressed Mm -hmm. there was a a fear um, Mm -hmm. of you being you know maybe on your mom's part and and you know without knowing and the society that informed her decision Mm -hmm. of you know i need to medicate micah in order for her to be normal in Mm -hmm. order for her to really be you know and and i think that that we do that to ourselves without our parents needing like a pill to give us, they can kind of give us this pill of this religious tradition or these other societal expectations that do the same thing. Absolutely, yeah. They can be this psychic block, this energetic block, this mm-hmm. intuitive block that really blocks um, the the feminine yeah. energy.
0: Oh, yeah. Religious
1: training will do that, and and that's what I in my My undergraduate research that that i did that i presented at the utah conference with undergraduate research that that's kind of all interesting because it shows where our world religions um the good that they still can do quite a lot of good Mm -hmm. but where they can also block things and and trap things and trap energy and trap intuition which is and, and feminine wisdom and and, and knowing, which oh, is yeah. what happens, mm-hmm. because you know y- you talk about when you would say it was very dismissive when you would have an intuitive knowing how convenient it was for your ex husband to cut you off there. Mm-hmm. What would happen if he was allowed if you if he allowed you mm-hmm. like he should need to, but. Right. Yeah. A, a, you know you do that with yourself and you know our our partners can do that with us because of what happens when what would happen if you grew into your truth mm-hmm. what would that then mean for him yeah. and a, what would it say about him and what would that say about you right oh yeah
0: there's a lot of power in that absolutely wow um so I was thinking I wanted to like back it up a little bit and go and talk about, you know, how it all started for you. You know, there was a moment that things started shifting um, and how you got to where you're at now. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, and I guess I didn't realize that at the time that it was sort of an, an awakening moment, but, um, my, My leaving Mormonism and finding um, this, like, different way of looking at my spirituality um, began when I started going to see a therapist Mm -hmm. when I was pregnant. Um, My ex-husband, who was, um, you know, we were religious. He was on the bishopric at the time. He'd previously been a bishop. we were building a house and, um, while we were building the house, we were living in a basement apartment, not far away from the build. Um, and at that time I, I had two children. I had, um, my then 10 year old and I had my, um, year and a half year old daughter and I was pregnant, um, six months pregnant with my third child when my then spouse decided to leave. He said in therapy, you know, we had, he, he was mentioning some things that I thought was scary. I thought maybe we should get some counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in a counseling session that he came to, um, the therapist looked at me and said, um, Richard wants to tell you something. And at that time, I just said my ex's name, but mm-hmm. <laughs> at that time, um, you know, he said he wanted to move out and I was six months pregnant. And I was just, you know, total in shock Mm -hmm. as I'm sure, you know. Oh yes. So, um, very much psychologically, psychically just cracked open at that time, very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So I was grateful at that time to have a, an an intuitive therapist, Mm -hmm. um, and I remember a couple of sessions later, you know, just trying to, you know, and this is by the, you know, by this time he had moved out, I had bought him a chest of drawers to put in his new place. It was very much like, I definitely hoped that we could patch things up and that this wasn't really going to be my life. Mm. Um, So at that time, my therapist did a great thing, which was, she said to me, um, I don't know how to help you in some way um, because I feel like you're going to have some answers and you should probably find some ways to tap into your intuition. It was almost like she was giving me permission to use some latent gifts or some gifts that I had repressed or that, you know, I was afraid to use or that society or my religious tradition Mm -hmm. um, maybe. Oh, and Probably my then spouse, you know, probably shamed me into thinking that, that they, they were irrelevant, basically. Um, and so by her kind of giving me this permission, which none of us should need, um, but we look for that anyways. We do, yeah. Um, I, that night I went to bed with that intention and I dreamt of this owl um and it was like the great horned owl that you'll you know that's like all over you know the the owl that you see that's pretty archetypal Mm -hmm. very you know brown with the horns Mm -hmm. um and in the scene that i saw this owl it was it was beautiful very beautiful like feathers it had taken off and started to fly in the sky it was free um it was and I could hear it. I mean, there are so many aspects of that dream that I can recall right now that is as fresh as any waking memory I have. Wow. Um, and the next scene, I the same owl was um, tethered by its foot or its talon or whatever to like the bottom of a cave, and it was distressed. It was it was crying, clawing don't think owls cry but it was like you know it was making like distressed noises and and it had you know feathers all over and it was pecking at the ground trying to get food it was like dog food oh right yeah um and i just remember thinking at the time like what like that was my dream um and what's really potent for me is that that ended up becoming something where it was like I intuitively knew that that owl was an archetype, that that was something important for me, that the symbolism in that dream was, um, you know, spoke to the situation that I was in, that I, mm-hmm. I felt trapped, that, that it, I was in some dark cave. I was kind of pecking at dog food. Um, mm-hmm. And now, you know, seven years later, I look back and I think what a gift that dream was because... It is, for me, the symbol of, you know, kind of the state of our intuitive affairs uh, prior to being awake and, prior, um, you know, when we're, it's a symbol for me of where my psyche was at, like where I was so dependent on outside forces to give me permission to think and to to, to really grow into my intuitive awareness and my spiritual gifts, Mm -hmm. um, that I was being held down, that I was being held down, not just by my ex-husband, because he was just a product of his own upbringing and his own programming, um, that caused me to be small. And so, um, all the blame is not on him, but it's the societal structures and it's, it's, you know, being afraid to let other people speak their truth or to grow into their intuitive gifts. Um, And that's kind of where I, that's why I'm doing this like goddess training because it's um, one thing that I started looking into was um, and one reason why I'm getting my master's degree in mental health counseling is because I believe that dreams are an access, point into the realm of awakening. Absolutely. I believe that, um, you know, it's, there are other uh, signs and synchronicities that can lead us uh, down the right path. Um, and I think if you pay attention to them, and if you, you, and the more you do, the more feedback you get about the path you are on being right and correct for you. Right. Yeah. So I think that when we align with that, um, more amazing things open up to us mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of, you know, something that I'm, I have been reaping the wor- rewards of for, you know, for years and yeah. I, and I'm growing and continue to grow into that. Like yeah. I said, like it's, it's a continual like awakening process.
0: Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and so like with this goddess training too, do you want to tell more like about that? Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm beginning with, uh, the goddess Minerva. So, um, the goddess Minerva and, and the way that I labeled this particular goddess training, it's, uh, Minerva as the, um, patron goddess of the castigated women mm-hmm. so um in sort of mythology mm-hmm. minerva on um, is she was she started to be worshipped in um italy actually in around like the 900 bc okay um and the reason why it's really difficult i think to find the goddess archetype uh, now mm-hmm. and why is she so repressed? Is because we have very patriarchal religions that mm-hmm. um, dominate the you know the theological sphere of yeah. the world. Yep. You know we have um, Islam, we have Judaism, and we have um, Christianity, which are the world's major religions that are patriarchal. They all stem back from Abraham. They're Abra- they're considered Abrahamic religions, mm-hmm. and they're all patriarchal in their very nature. So when we look at Minerva, um, Minerva is pre Christianity. So she Mm -hmm. begins her, um, kind of, um, burst onto the scene, um, in about 900 BC in Italy. So Mm -hmm. she, her, um, she actually was worshiped in what they call, they're, they're like, they're called folk religions. Oh. So there are pockets of like pagan type of people who originally all worshipped goddess figures. Mm-hmm. I mean, this when we look at the the the, the history of when were goddesses worshipped. When did we when did we have you know when were they part of our human story? Mm-hmm. Well, they're pre Christianity, they're pre um, yeah. Islam, they're pre Judaism. Um, so that's how far back we have to go if we want to start having these conversations about balancing the Mm -hmm. goddess archetypes you know we have you know in Mormonism we have the anthropomorphic male deity we don't see any any embodied physical figurines or anything that are put on our mantles we don't see them in our we don't hear them in our prayers and to me Mm -hmm. I've gotten to the point now where if I hear a prayer that doesn't invoke the goddess I'm extremely offended it Mm. it really Really does something to me energetically that I feel is very constrictive and mm. I feel is is offensive. Mm. So um, I've gotten to that point now where I do think there, you know I do still have a reverence for like male archetypes, masculine ar- archetypes that are helpful, that are life affirming, that mm. are protective of the feminine principle. Um, but there has to be a balance and there needs to be more of, um, a conscious effort for people to reclaim that part of their right to call on divine feminine, because in my experience, they are there. Oh yeah. I think so too. Yeah. And you
0: know, it's interesting because until, you know, our conversation prior with the way we were raised, it's, it's just fascinating i didn't even think about that like there's no it's all male like they're all in charge of every single thing and all the things that they have and it's like oh my gosh and i thought that before but it just i don't know it leaves me with a really empty feeling of you know because again goddesses like we are powerful you Mm -hmm. know women and to not acknowledge that is doing women a disservice in a way.
1: Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't do that work for anyone. You know, mm. it, it has to be, people really have to care mm-hmm. about, you know, for me, it was, I was so disillusioned so broken that i couldn't pray to that god that i had that i had as a child been Mm -hmm. so accustomed to praying to i was so i felt so betrayed yeah um and now it seems silly but at the at the time it was like you failed me you you know, masculine God, you betrayed me. You led me to think I was safe and that this was a good situation. You know, I did everything you ever asked me to. I served a mission. I went, I got married in the temple. I was a devoted wife and mother. I stayed at home with my kids. And here I am, you know, in this brand new custom built home, that mm-hmm. i can't afford now yeah. where did you lead me you know and yeah. and so at that point it was i couldn't pray to a masculine god anymore i had really? i had to reach out to a feminine god and it, it took that little bit of like he's just betrayed me so bad mm-hmm. that i can't appeal to him but it that got me to a place where i was i was facing an existential sort of crisis because i was like mm-hmm. well if there's no male god then god if god doesn't exist right. then what is the point of this life and and that took me to a really dark place did it yeah, yeah. i mean it i mean yeah nihilism is not good for anyone's psyche mm-hmm. you know and and i don't even ex- Back to think that most atheists are nihilists but it took me to a place that felt like my life had no meaning really and it yeah i mean it's if you build up a narrative mm-hmm. that says your gender your calling as a mother yeah. your position as the holy mother of the household now is all denigrated and all you did was for nothing mm-hmm. You know, you don't believe in God anymore. So where does that leave you? What is the point of this? Well, it was sure fucking hard to be a single mom of three children. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't exactly a light place to be. That Mm -hmm. wasn't exactly fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was lonely. And, um, you know, when I started thinking, like, nobody's going to get this. Mm -hmm. I can't believe in God. I can't fake it. I'm not the kind of person that could go to church and fake being there and fake, uh, you know, fake Mm -hmm. smile that I was okay because I Mm -hmm. fucking wasn't. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I started down. I just tried looking for books, uh, you know, that talked about the goddess because I couldn't, I couldn't talk. Yeah. to a masculine god anymore at that point point. and yeah. so yeah that's why i think I, I started going into the academic study of of um you know the history of the goddess um more of our more ancient cultures have mm-hmm. a lot of the goddess in their culture in their spiritual and religious traditions yeah. um and you know there's some interesting really really interesting things mm-hmm. that you know, in that search, that um, that led me to think, and gives me the belief that um, we not only do ourselves as women a disservice; we, as a as a global like body of human beings, mm-hmm. we do us all a disservice when we when we deny a whole half of the world's population including mother earth mm-hmm. the status of divinity and the status of being able to be um are like spoken to mm-hmm. heard answered um called upon mm-hmm. invoked whatever you want to call it yeah. and that they'll answer mm-hmm um it's it's um for me at this point that's very offensive and Mm -hmm. and i don't think that there's many other pathways to really inner peace yeah um if all of our religious structures are primarily masculine all of our Mm -hmm. myths are masculine all of our stories that ever mattered are pitched around a male character Mm -hmm. um and everything else is kind of secondary
0: yeah it is you know it's it's fascinating because i remember when i was going through my separation and you know i was active at the time and so was my ex and you know we go through that whole process with the disciplinary and all Mm -hmm. that stuff and i i remember saying something to to the bishop and i said why are there no women in that room
1: i said the same thing
0: you did yeah oh my god yeah and i go you guys are i i respect all of you and i see what you're doing but it doesn't make any sense to me i i go i know you guys have your ways and you're doing what you're doing but there needs to be women in
1: there yeah i said the same thing good right i yeah. mean i had my bishop at the time said to me that, you know, I, I, I pursued a temple ceiling cancellation. Mm-hmm. And I, um, that process is, um, you know, if you have a supportive bishop who sees the wise, if he's the one who mm-hmm. called the person to the bishopric, who then betrayed the pregnant woman, yeah. then there's more reason for him to, to sign a yes. And mm-hmm. at that point, that's what I had tried to do and sought to do yeah and then a new bishop was called um, Mm. during that process and he called me into his office and said um, to me that if i went ahead and and decided to get a temple ceiling cancellation that i wouldn't be with my children in the eternities any longer oh my hell okay so at that point in time i knew Mm. like i was like this is I said, you know, I was a bishop's wife. I happen to know what's in your handbook of instructions, and I happen to know that that's not true. Good for you. So go ahead and tick the box because I plan on being with my kids for, you know, as long as God sees fit. Good. Which could be eternity. I don't know. Yeah. But I, you know, I stood up and I walked out of that room and I and, you know, the stake president later Mm -hmm. um, had to see that document that the Bishop handed him. And I guess they must have had some kind of meeting, but I was called in later and the Bishop was, you know, that was three weeks later, mm-hmm. the Bishop was asked by that state president to apologize to me. But by that time, enough damage had been done where I knew mm-hmm. that I was not safe yeah. psychologically or spiritually in those rooms by myself anymore. Mm-hmm. And that they're just like you said, I said to them, do you understand that if your wife was in the room, none of that would have happened. Do you understand that right here, right now, as, as I'm trying to like maybe think about going back to the temple that I just don't feel safe anymore, that, that there's been enough offenses to me that I don't understand. Do you understand like why I would feel that way? Why can't you see that? your wife's not being here matters you know and they both shook their heads in affirmation like we see that Mm. but we can't deliver you know and it's like Mm. i'm not i'm not asking for permission anymore i don't ask for permission about when i get to speak to a goddess that wasn't Mm. born in 1960s provo utah she's and embodied mm-hmm. you know you can say it's 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 one or many mm-hmm. I happen to think there are archetypes there are, are levels of consciousness and you know there's some spiritual teachings and some mm-hmm. um, from a bunch of different religious traditions that teach that mm-hmm. but that you know there are levels of, of of consciousness there are levels of of vibration or what have you with you know, Mm-hmm. source kind of at the top yeah um but you know i i don't ask for permission anymore and that's what this goddess course is about it's like mm-hmm. we need to understand the blocks that we have to our intuition to our intuitive knowing to our spiritual gifts we don't need anybody to tell us to be small anymore no. we don't need anybody to tell us to, to give us permission to tune into our intuition mm-hmm. when someone says you don't get to be with your kids for eternity if we get the ceiling temp- temple cancellation you have the courage to stand up and walk out of the room you have mm-hmm. the courage to say no because you don't live by anyone's standards of what is spiritually true for you or not
0: yep absolutely
1: and i that's yeah. what i'm not doing anymore i'm not for asking you. for permission i'm not waiting Mm-mm. you know i remember thinking as a little girl I, you know i hope that there's some revelation by church headquarters that gives me the permission to talk to heavenly mother, that would sure be nice. Yeah. I just it's not a part of my framework anymore. I'm So past that. Yeah, that it's once you get used to that, it's no, there's no going back.
0: Yeah. And that's a sense of empowerment, really stepping into that and owning that. It's like a whole it's like that's true freedom. You know, it's there. Because I've been stepping into that the past since I've got divorced. And it's a really really empowering experience yeah. to really be in that so i i get you there because it's it's beautiful being well in that. and it
1: takes courage it's not easy Mm-mm. i mean it's not just crystals and mantras it's it's work it's soul work it's not um you know it's it's living and embodying what you like moving into your truth whatever that is for you it doesn't have to be this at all, you know, um, if you're a Buddhist, like I'm into that too. Like that's cool. Like you don't have to, but I just think that people need to be given, um, the tools or, or at least the inspiration that they can grow into their own truth, whatever that means and whatever that looks like for them Mm -hmm. and whatever will be the most beneficial and therapeutic for Mm -hmm. their soul's journey Yeah. and living any like living anyway less. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for people to, to move into the space where they, they don't go back. Yeah. You know?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That would be freaking powerful. Getting in that and not going back. Yeah. And I think too, once you get in that, I think for me, sometimes I'll kind of go back into my old stuff and then I'll be like, okay, just kidding. And step back into it. Cause like we were saying, it's a constant, you know, the being, um, enlightened or awakened, right. It's a constant, right. We're, mm-hmm. we're constantly, um, growing and learning. And so there's going to be situations where it's, I step back from it and they're like, okay, just kidding. Get back in. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So. And, and sometimes I think that, that, you know, especially when we're growing community, especially mm-hmm. when we're unsure of who our people are, especially when mm-hmm. we're afraid of rejection and Mm -hmm. we want to make a good impression or we want to fit in or we want to be part of the status quo we want we don't want to be left out i think when you've when you've moved past being afraid of being really unique Mm -hmm. really authentic not just like the fucking hashtag authentic Mm -hmm. but really moving into a place where you're embodying that you don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck yep you know and when you don't give a fuck that's when you really move into your truth Mm -hmm. and that, that means you're whittling down. You're not, you're not there to fit into what everybody else decides you get to be or whoever you decide to get, you know, whoever you think you should be for whoever else, Mm -hmm. because if it isn't your ex-husband, if it isn't the societal structures that you were born into, Mm -hmm. if it isn't, you know, your job, it's something else, you know, it's the comments on Instagram, it's the, you know it's the who will show up for this thing at this point i don't give a fuck i have a day job right it's like people who show up for this are people who are are interested from the perspective that they feel like it it could be meaningful mm-hmm. that it could that it speaks to them that it resonates with them that it's that it could it could help them yeah. and that's that's all i would ever hope to mm-hmm. to come out of this is that people find some way to make use of it for them and their lives mm-hmm. um, yeah. and to move past trauma and to heal parts of themselves. Because I, I, I personally don't think, you know, and this, this comes from my, my training in um, depth psychology, getting my master's degree in mental health counseling. It, it, it's not therapeutic for anyone to deny any part of themselves. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you were a masculine heterosexual male, who is, you know, considers them very masculine, but they don't have a way to reach out to that softer part of themselves, the grief that they have in them. And, you know, firm rejection, for instance, if they don't know how, if they don't have tools to really feel into maybe those softer emotions, mm-hmm. they're kidding themselves. Mm-hmm. And they will, you know, and, and I think anyone who, you know, and and that goes for for females females can totally spiritually bypass difficult work oh yeah and it's mm-hmm. it's not you don't get to just you know drink wine on the weekends and giggle and watch trashy shows and mm-hmm. and then do your crystals it's like, just like you know when you were a shitty person when you were a mormon and you went to church on sunday and you took a sac you know a bit of the so sacrament true. and you thought you were growing into something more you're fucking not you're just replacing. Some old other external piece of bullshit for a new external bunch of bullshit. Yeah. And I'm not interested in that. That's not what I'm trying to create here. Yeah. I don't want followers. Mm -hmm. I want people who will be willing to grow, be willing to learn, be really, really show up for the work. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm with you on that. So. You know, I think that a lot of, like how we talked about earlier, how sometimes it takes a really traumatic event to wake someone up, right? You and I, we had something very traumatic happen and we're like, holy fuck, you know, we saw the light, we saw all this amazingness within us, right? And we ran with it. But then there's also, you mentioned, sometimes people don't have that, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so what could you guide them to start that journey to start looking right?
1: Right. Well, I, first of all, I would say if you haven't had that. Awesome. Yeah. If you can wake up without those experiences, I think for your audience listening here, Micah, Mm -hmm. we would love that for you Mm -hmm. because it's not fun Mm -mm. and it's, it's harrowing, it's dark, it's painful, it's Mm -hmm. scary to try to put the pieces back together. Yeah. Um, and we wouldn't wish that on our worst enemies, quite frankly. Mm -mm. Um, but if people are, you know, a little stuck, um, I think, first of all, I'm going to say live an ethical life. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what that means, um, there's Google, Yeah. you know, what, what does it mean to have good ethics? Mm -hmm. Um, that that's how you treat people. That's how you Mm -hmm. see justice in the world. That's how you, um, you know, you. You see where people are re- oppressed, and mm-hmm. where people are repressed. So where people are, you know, authentic. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. try to make some determinations about what it is going on in their lives for them, and maybe for you mm-hmm. um, that is, is 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 causing that or is the root of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do want to maybe turn you know, women to this book, this is, um, or your listeners, male or female, um, this is a book by uh, Clarissa Pinka, Pinkola Estes, PhD. Um, she writes about the divine feminine within all of us, within our, you know, our ancestral lineages, mm-hmm. within the goddess archetypes, wherever they're found. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough of these types of myths. Um, these women who are you know, the, all the archetypes you can think of, the Holy Mary, like, you know, the, the goddess archetypes that I'm talking about in these goddess classes, um, they all bring a component of the divine feminine, Mm -hmm. which is in and throughout everything in the universe, the principle is, um, but she talks about kind of, um, what can occur in ourselves and in, and, and in the wider context of society. Um, this is on page 243. And she says, in terms of the wildest, wildish nature of women, it is this normalization of violence and what scientists subsequently termed learned helplessness that influences women to not only stay with drunken mates, abusive employers, and groups that exploit and harass them, but causes them to feel unable to rise up to support the things they believe in with all their hearts, their art, their loves, their lifestyles, their politics. The normalizing of the abnormal, even when there is clear evidence that it is to one's own detriment, to do so applies to all battering of the physical, emotional, creative, spiritual, and instinctive natures. Women face this issue anytime they are stunned into doing anything less than defending their soul lives from invasive projections, cultural, psychic, or otherwise. Psychically, we become used to the shocks aimed at our wild natures. We adapt to violence against the psyche's knowing nature. We try to be good while normalizing the abnormal. As a result, we lose our power to flee we lose our power to lobby for the elements of soul and life we find most valuable. When we are obsessed with the red shoes, all kinds of important personal, cultural, environmental matters fall by the wayside. There is such loss of meaning when one gives up the life made by hand that all manner of injuries to the psyche, nature, culture, family, and so forth are then allowed to occur. The harm to nature is com- committant with the stunning of the psyches of humans. They are not and cannot be seen as separate from one another. One group talks about how w- wrong the world is, and the other group argues that that the wild has been wronged. Something is drastically wrong. So in here, she's kind of speaking to a little bit about what we talked about before. Mm-hmm. It's um, the, the, the psychological or the spiritual process of... Um, having your own intuitive nature, your own intuitive female, like, um, claim on your knowingness, on your spirituality, on your Mm -hmm. inner essence, having that slowly eroded by the culture in which you live, your, your employers, other women are great at that too. Um, Mm -hmm. they'll want to knock a little bit off of you when you start to get your glow. If you notice that, that happens. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and it's all to keep you in line, to keep you living mm-hmm. in accordance with the status quo, whatever your status quo is. It could be your religion. Mm-hmm. So um, it's that reclamation of a part of the psyche that is in every single human being. I believe it's in males as well. I have, wow, yeah. I have sons, you know, uh, at times they are more warm and giving and loving and receptive than my daughter mm-hmm. who has just, you know. Who is feminine yeah. and loves boys, but also is, you know, a whirling dervish sometimes, and just yeah. really sharp with her tongue. I mean, we do ourselves a disservice um, when we deny that innate knowing, and and that's what you know this this whole thing I'm pursuing is about. It's mm-hmm. it's that inner knowing, the the alchemy of what occurs in your life when you are willing to be bold and and live a passionate life Mm -hmm. that is your true calling and doing it with as little apology as possible Mm -hmm. for for being who you are yeah yeah
0: and it's so cool because as you you've been speaking this i'm like i've been really you know in that the Mm -hmm. past two years and but there's still more for me to learn about this specific thing yeah and it, I'm just like, Ooh, okay, here we go. More yeah. to learn. Like, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. And again, there's, there's, it, it's never ending. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so cool. Ah. So, okay. So is there anything else you want to touch on with the goddess training? Cause when is it? So people want to take it. What if they don't live here? in Utah are you going to be doing like a zoom or how are you going to be creating yeah, this so
1: with the uh, um the next we hope to be doing it monthly in Salt Lake okay um at the heart and house which is um a hub for healing oh. they have um all sorts of rooms suitable for all kinds of different therapeutic events like they have a private room for reiki they have really? uh, yeah it's really cool they have okay. silent little cry rooms they have big mm-hmm. Big rooms for, like, group um, meditation and yoga
0: they have. have,
1: yeah. I've been here before. Yeah. What's happening? They have group therapy rooms. They have all kinds of audio, video, like, visual equipment. Um, That's where we're going to be holding these. It's going to be really exciting. It's a great space. It's right above Caputo's um, in, like, um, it's Market Street. So I'll make sure that it's on my website as well. Okay um the address and um I, i'm on social media okay um because of the governor's mandate for you know no groups of 10 that are not in the same household being together we've had to really be more mindful of that um mm-hmm. we're hoping to get together on the 13th of december okay. um and i like the time of 4:30 to 6 because i think it's gives people mm-hmm. enough time to get home after that and kind of digest it yeah with their family kind of psychologically get ready for work for the next day or whatever they need to do um and then um we're hoping december 13th but we don't know what the mandates are going to look like then yeah so we'll continue to put it off until it's the right time i feel good about that but in the meantime we're just collecting people um that are interested and just look for the you know look for the news on that i want to keep people in the loop with it because Um, I don't want people going home with COVID for the holidays. I know, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then for people who don't live here, um, I have a a few friends that will be helping me. I hope to have it videotaped. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to be put out, putting out more of like my content, like my, my slideshow that I'll be presenting at there with like information and visual stuff there good um and just some blog posts for all of those so okay
0: so what's your website so they can go to that and I'll put it in the description just mm-hmm. in case but do yeah. you want to tell them yeah what...
1: it's the SophiaAlchemy.com. okay um and then my my two tags that I use for um, social media are the same like Sophia the Sophia alchemy at, you know Instagram the okay. other one is myth of normal that's more of like my personal stuff my rants inappropriate content, all, all the stuff, all over the good, my personal Yes, bull, I love it. bull crap. So yes. it's, that's over there.
0: But yeah, yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, perfect.
1: So anything
0: else you want to touch on? Before? Um,
1: I think that's good. I think that what yeah. we talk about at those events, kind of, we talked a little bit about there that I didn't mm-hmm. feel like we Need to really talk about here. Yeah. I think that that's something we could go in at the goddess events. And I think that people will get more of a context from this conversation. Mm-hmm. And those who are interested will show up. Yep. I'm confident. In Absolutely. That, so. I think so too. It'll be awesome. Okay, cool. Well,
0: this has been a treat having you.
1: Thanks for having girlfriend. me over. It's yes. been so good to catch up.
0: And I know. Okay. So I know. It's been awesome. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have an amazing week. Yay.